Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been a little while. My name is Max McGuire. I want to apologize. Lots of people have been messaging me, asking me when I'm going to do more of these. Um, As many of you know, I was with Conservative Daily for a long time. By the time I left, I had done hundreds of these podcasts, written thousands of articles, one article a day for one or more articles a day for eight years. So written thousands of these articles. I feel like I've said a lot of what needs I need to say, right? So I, I took a step back because it started feeling like a chore. And I never want this to feel like a chore. I never want it to feel like I have to go live even if I don't have anything in particular to talk about that day. So I, I took a step back, focused more on me and my family, spent time with my kids, um, got a personal trainer, been going to the gym, trying to get in shape back to my fighting weight, my wedding weight. Um, and I knew I always wanted to come back to this. I know I wanted to come back to this. I don't know if this is going to be a daily thing anymore. Probably not because I, I have a job. I have a different job now. And, and frankly, this I do this for free because um, I enjoy it. Um, I still need to earn a living. But I do want to keep doing these these podcasts. And, and they're probably going to be more infrequent. But when important things happen, I, I, I feel compelled. So uh, watching Joe Biden's speech yesterday in Pennsylvania, I am now compelled to do this. Because what he said in that speech, I'm not messing around. He is fomenting a civil war. He's trying to drum up a civil war, which is what many illegitimate presidents and dictators throughout world history have done. When their legitimacy is questioned, they paint the other side, the other, in the us-them dichotomy, paints them as the, the evil one that needs to be destroyed. I mean, you go through history, and I don't want to get into all Adolf Hitler and everything, but it's textbook. Painting the other side as fascists, as terrorists that need to be shut down by the government, that is a textbook, a textbook play in any dictator's playbook. But what Joe Biden said this week in Pennsylvania really does take the cake. Because after day previous, calling right-wing Americans fascists, so semi-fascist, I think he called us. No, I'm sorry. When you are president, president of the United States, if you feel the need to denigrate your opposition, to call them a fascist, then you tend to be the fascist one. But I digress. So I want to get into all of this today. Got a few clips we're going to play. Got some rebuttal, some fact checks to bring up. So why don't we get right into this? Here is Joe Biden laying out his dream, right? It's very strange to see people holding signs behind him saying safe for America. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense because America is not safer under Joe Biden's leadership, not by a long shot. America is more dangerous, not just because of years and years of Democrat defund the police policy proposals and a mentality has led police officers to resign and retire early at record rates, but violent crime is rising in our major cities because they have elected district attorneys who are refusing to prosecute those crimes. It should not come as a surprise that theft is up, 
when a district attorney in, say, San Francisco refuses to prosecute thieves. But no, if you were to just watch Joe Biden's rally, you would come across, you would come away with the message that no, it's actually conservative Americans who are responsible for this, and it's Joe Biden and the left who are desperately trying to make us all safer. And how does Joe Biden plan to make assault safer? Well, he plans to do that by banning what he calls assault weapons. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. Determined. I did it once before, and I'll do it again. For many of you home, I want to be clear. It's not about taking away anybody's guns. In fact, we should be treating responsible gun owners as examples how every gun owner should behave. I have two shotguns at home. I can't, it's a long story, but I not oppose the guns. Yeah, it's a long story. That story includes him going on national television and recommending that when people are being robbed or, a, or there's an assailant attacking them, that they should negligently fire two blasts up in the air with their shotgun. That's his long story. Let's keep going. But I support the Second Amendment, and I support the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment, as one of the most, one of the most conservative justices in history, Justice Scalia once wrote, like, quote, like most rights, the rights granted by the Second Amendment are not unlimited. They're not unlimited. Right now, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. Uh, so let's let's dive into this because it's important to dissect what he just said. We're going to get into Heller versus D.C. and the more recent case one at the Supreme Court by the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. What is he talking about here? When he says that the Second Amendment, like other rights, is not unlimited, he is specifically looking at this passage from Heller versus D.C. And I'll read it right now. Like most, quote, like most rights, the Second Amendment right is not unlimited. It is not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever in any manner whatsoever and for whatever purpose. For example, concealed weapons prohibitions have been upheld under the amendment or state analogs. The court's opinion should not be taken to cast doubt on long-standing prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places such as schools and government buildings or laws imposing conditions and qualifications on the commercial sale of arms. Miller previous case, holding that sor the sorts of weapons protected are those in common use at the time, finds support in the historical tradition of prohibiting the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons. That is what he is citing. Now, the only reason that that little bit is in the Heller decision is because Justice Kennedy refused to go along with the majority unless Scalia added it. So when Joe Biden claims right there that, oh, this is Antonin Scalia's words, that is not accurate. These are words that were forced on Scalia by Kennedy. And basically, he gave him an ultimatum. Either put this in the decision or I'm not going along with it. Obviously, Scalia, seeing that the alternative was a ruling denying the right to own a handgun, he went along with it. He put it in because he had to. But to present this as Antonin Scalia's words is beyond dishonest. Beyond dishonest. But it's also inaccurate. Because we've had a Supreme Court case this since then. New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. And that case overturned the very kind of long-standing prohibition on the carrying of arms that Heller said was pre presumptively constitutional. That's important to note. 
Heller, decided in 2008, said that nothing in this ruling should be used to, to, to throw out a long-standing prohibition on carrying of firearms. And yet, 12 years later, uh, no, sorry, 20 years, uh, yeah, 14 years later, 14 years later, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case decided just that. And here's the language from that case decided this year, which Joe Biden is not referring to deliberately sweeping under the rug. Quote, regardless, even if respondents reading of these colonial statutes were correct, it would still do little to support restrictions on the public of carry of handguns today. At most, respondents can show that colonial legislatures sometimes prohibited the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons, a fact we already acknowledged in Heller. Drawings from this historical tradition, drawing from this historical tradition, we explain that there that the Second Amendment protects only the carrying of weapons that are those in common use at the time, as opposed to those that are highly unusual in society at large. Whatever the likelihood that handguns were considered dangerous and unusual during the colonial period, they are indisputably in common use for self-defense today. They are, in fact, the quintessential self-defense weapon. Thus, even if these colonial laws prohibited the carrying of handguns because they were considered dangerous and unusual weapons in the 1690s, they provide no justification for laws restricting the public carry of weapons that are unquestionably in common use today. This is an important passage because it throws out a huge part of the argument that Joe Biden is putting forward here. Joe Biden's claiming that, oh, Supreme Court says we can ban guns that are dangerous and unusual. Right. And then he's pointing to the fact that he passed an assault weapons ban in 1994 as evidence that they can do it. However, here in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case, the Supreme Court found the opposite, that just because something might have been banned before. Does not mean that that you can ban it again. When it is in common use now when it is in common use now. And this is important because the dangerous and unusual language found in Heller has been used by district courts and appeals courts across the country to uphold so-called assault weapon bans. Basically, the courts ruled that states had the authority to ban AR-15s because they were dangerous and unusual. Because they were dangerous and unusual. What this new ruling from the Supreme Court states is that even if those laws have some historical basis, that doesn't change the fact that the AR-15 would be the most popular gun in existence, most popular rifle in existence right now, especially in the United States. So Joe Biden's trying to brush all that under the rug and go back to a 2008 case that has already been clarified this year. Also, the case that he's referring to, that he's brushing under the rug, he says it was horrible. He also says that Heller was horrible, and yet here he's using that language to try and chop up his argument. He mentions there that you can't buy a machine gun. That's factually incorrect. Machine guns are class three firearms. They're regulated by the National Firearms Act, just like a suppressor or a short-barreled rifle or a short-barreled shotgun. You can own a machine gun. You have to jump through a lot of hoops. You have to do a background check. You have to pay a $200 tax stamp, and they are very, very, very expensive. But right here on GunBroker, you can see just searching transferable, because that's the difference. Transferable machine guns are ones that were on the registry before 1986 when the registry was closed by the, uh, by the Firearm Owner Protection Act. If it's transferable, that means you can buy it as an individual. You don't have to have a, a, be a gun store. You don't have to be a law enforcement officer. Transferable machine guns. And there are many transferable machine guns still available for sale. They, they're traded every day. 
They're very expensive. You can see here, this transferable 1919 Browning machine gun is 39 grand. It's very expensive. But you still can buy it. When Joe Biden claims you can't buy it, he's lying. He's just lying. It's not true. And he says you can't buy a Canon. You absolutely can buy a Canon. I don't know this company, but this was the first one that came up on a Google search of buy a Canon. And right here, you can buy a Civil War, Civil War model field Canon, new production, for $6,500. You can also buy artillery pieces. They're more rare. Modern artillery pieces, they're more rare. Because not only are they considered destructive devices, because the bore of the artillery piece is larger than half an inch, 50 caliber, larger than 50 caliber, but each one of the rounds, the artillery shells that you fire, is also considered a destructive device. So the gun itself would have to have a $200 tax stamp, but every time you fire a round, you need to get approval from the ATF to own it and pay $200 tax stamp for that round. But nonetheless, it's still possible. You can still do it. So he's propping up this straw man argument. He's presenting the machine guns and the cannons as straw man arguments saying, well, you can't own a machine gun. You can't own a cannon. Therefore, you shouldn't be allowed to own an AR-15 when the reality is you can own both. It's, it's expensive. You need to have a lot of land to shoot it. You have to have approval from the ATF, jump through all these hoops, but you still can own it. Lie after lie after lie. But he didn't stop there. In addition to denigrating anyone who owns an AR-15 and comparing them to someone who owns a machine gun, Joe Biden then went out of his way to denigrate what he called brave right-wing Americans and insinuating that if we ever were to resist government tyranny, he would use an F-15 against us. F-15s, they're still in service, not the most uh, modern airframe. But the idea of the President of the United States talking about using... <laughs> fighter jets against Americans. Well, let's listen. Right now, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. So, <laughs> lots to break down there. First of all, if you needed F-15s to defeat the United States in combat, then we would not have just run from Afghanistan a year ago with our tail between our legs. Because the Taliban did not have F-15s. They, they have them now. Right, the Taliban now have fighter jets. They now have armed helicopters. They now have tanks. They didn't before. Biden gave that to them. But the Taliban defeated the United States and the Afghan government in Afghanistan because Biden's argument is not real. If Biden's argument was real, we would have won the Vietnam War. Right? It, it's just not real. It, this is a guy who's never opened a textbook, or any book for that matter, on insurgencies. He doesn't understand it. If his logic was sound, then the Soviet Union never would have lost in Afghanistan in the 1980s. Yes, <laughs> fighter jets, hugely important. But ultimately, if you want to control a population, then you have to do it on the ground. And if a population resists, they do so with small arms. And they can cause not only just a, a ton of damage, but they can win. Insurgencies can win. 
And then he says, well, what are they going to do if you resist the government? Who are you going to be shooting at? Well, they're going to be shooting at the people behind me. I hope not. The men and women sitting behind him, many of them police officers, I hope that if it ultimately came down to some kind of revolution, some kind of civil war against a tyrannical government using fighter jets against its own people, or as <laughs> Representative Swalwell argued, using nukes against its own people, I hope if it was to come down to that, the men and women standing behind Joe Biden would not, would not take up arms against their own people. You hope that in a situation like this, the men and women in the military would recognize the depravity and the insanity of firing on the American people and refuse to obey those orders. But no, Joe Biden says, and you see how it's dr the dripping, the sarcasm, the brave Americans. These are the Americans that won the wars that Joe Biden relies on to sit in the Oval Office. We wouldn't be here without those brave Americans. Generation after generation of brave Americans. He relies on those same brave Americans to keep him safe in the Secret Service. But no, <laughs> dripping with sarcasm, brave Americans. There is nothing braver than taking up arms in defense of your country. There's nothing braver than taking up arms in defense of your loved ones, of your family members, of your neighbor. I mean, you're talking about people who are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice so that their family can survive, their community can survive, their nation can survive, the flag can move forward. And Joe Biden sitting here with such contempt for them, such contempt for them, not only saying he's going <laughs> to, insinuating he's going to use fighter jets against his own people, but mocking, mocking the sacrifice, not only that men and women in the military, but also gun owners in general, because I've covered this on this podcast and past podcasts I've been on. Every American male between the ages of, um, sorry, between the ages of 18, I believe it's 55, 45 or 55, part, they're part of the unregulated militia. At any point, if the United States is in trouble, they can call us up. They can call up women if you're in the National Guard. They can call you up to be part of this unregulated militia. But he has such contempt, such contempt for all of us. He keeps going. Keeps going with a lie. He's promoting this assault weapons ban. Why he's decided to touch the third rail of American politics when over 75% of Democrats don't want him reelected, when his approval rating is in the toilet. For some reason, someone told him to touch the third rail and promote an assault weapons ban, the very proposal that has made Democrats lose in places like Pennsylvania for decades. But he's promoting it with lie after lie after lie. Saying that mass shootings tripled when the assault weapon ban expired in 2004. Let's play the tape. Back in 1994, I took on the NRA and passed the assault weapons ban. For 10 years, mass shootings were down. 10 years in a row since I passed that legislation in 1994 as a, chair, as a, a senator. But in 2004, Republicans let that ban expire. What happened? Mass shootings in America tripled. Tripled. It's time to ban these. It's time to ban these weapons. We did it before. We can do it again. Folks. Uh, let's dive into that. Because he's making a very provable or, or disprovable claim. That when the assault weapon ban in 2004 expired, mass shootings tripled. 
Well, Breitbart pulled the numbers on this. And Breitbart rated it mostly false. I, I think that's a little too generous. It's, it's extremely false. But when they pulled the number, what they found was right here. They, they quoted the Washington Post because you might as well quote the left source so you don't get into a quibble over what sources you're quoting. Quote, the new mass shooting database shows that there were 31 mass shootings in the decade before the 1994 law, 31 mass shootings in the 10 years the law was in force, and 47 mass shootings in the 10 years after it expired. As noted, some of that increase stems from population growth. So when he says, when he, when he says that mass shootings tripled in the 10 years after the assault weapon ban expired, that is not true. Mass shootings went up from 31 in 10 years to 47 in 10 years. That is not tripling. It's just not. And as the Washington Post admits, much of that can be attributed to population growth. There's also something he's being a little disingenuous with. The left loves to leave this part out. Looking at, well, what kind of weapons are used in homicides? So let's take mass shootings out of it. Let's just look at homicides in general. All murders. When you look at the types of firearms used, look at just all rifles right here. These aren't just assault rifles, assault weapons as they call them, just, just rifles. A gun with a 16-inch barrel and a, a stock you can put against your shoulder. The guns classified as, as rifles. In 2019, 364 murders were committed with rifles. That's it. I mean, that's still terrible, right? You don't defend that. But there were 389 in 2017. There is not this scourge of murders being committed with rifles that Joe Biden is claiming exists. If you were to go even deeper into this, with assault weapons being a subset of rifles, you see that this number is much smaller. But no, Joe Biden is presenting it, presenting it as if it is fact. Presenting it as it's fact. Here's another thing. It's, just complete, it's a complete lie. Claiming that the AR-15 fires a bullet that is five times faster than any other bullet. Five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun. <laughs> AR-15 fires a bullet five times as rapidly than any other gun. That's not true. That's just not true. AR-15's fire rate is just as fast as other semi-automatic guns. But the bullet is also not five times faster than any other gun. And let's look at this number. I pulled these numbers. Pulled these numbers. If you look at just the, the speed of the bullet, here in yellow, scroll down to it. Yeah, the 223 Remington is very fast. 3,550 3, feet per second is how fast the bullet moves. But it's not five times faster than any other bullet. The slowest bullet that I have on here, it's only three times faster than the slowest bullet on this chart. And there are bullets that are faster. There are bullets that are faster than the AR-15's 223 Remington or 5.56 NATO. But it's not really bullet speed that matters. It's not even just the fire rate of the bullet. Largely what you're looking at for lethality is, is how much force is behind the bullet. And for that, you don't, you, you care about feet per second, sure, but what you're really trying to measure is the force. And in ballistics, that's measured using what's called foot pounds. Foot pounds is 
how many pounds of force in one linear foot. And you hear, see here, the AR-15 is the 18th, is, is the caliber with the 18th lowest foot-pound measurement of energy on this list. 1,259 foot-pounds of energy. You start looking at some of these other bullets, go here to 50 BMG, that's 12,592 foot-pounds. It's a huge, huge round. And it's easy to understand. You look at a 223 bullet, right here, very small, very, very tiny. I had the actual bullet pulled, but I figured it'd be easier just to see it in this. 223 Remington. Well, let's look at 308. 308, 762 by 51. Look how much bigger the bullet is. Now, you don't want to get shot with either of these bullets. But to say that this is the fastest bullet ever, well, this one's a little bit slower, but it's so much bigger, it packs such a bigger punch. So even when he claims to have ballistics on his side, it's not true. It's just not true. None of what he's saying is true. He is promising, however, that he wants to hire more ATF agents. He wants to hire more ATF agents. Let's listen to this bit of a promise. Seven years because they didn't, they didn't want anybody in that job. My plan gives the Bureau the funding to hire more agents to stop gun trafficking. And by the way, there's a lot of states that don't allow you to purchase certain weapons in the state. But just cross the state line and go buy it next door. Bring it across the state line. Keep guns out. Of, you know what the Mexicans are? Mexico, which has real problems causing us real problems. You know what their biggest complaint is? Can't we stop gun, gun, gun trafficking across the southern border into Mexico? So the cartels in Mexico are already building their own guns. So this is this is part of Fast and Furious. They tried to set that up to present that this is what's happening. We have to crack down on guns here because they're being trafficked into Mexico. That was what Fast and Furious was all about. Um, but here, when he's saying he wants to hire more ATF agents to go after gun traffickers, that's not true. Just like it wasn't true when he said that he was hiring 87,000 IRS agents, but not to go after the middle class. No, he wants ATF agents to do things like this. This is a video captured from a guy who the ATF just showed up at his door one day. Showed up at his door trying to seize a part that he had purchased legally called a solvent trap. I'm going to pull that up on the screen. A solvent trap is used to clean a gun. So I'll put this up here just so you can see it real quick. This is a, I don't know this company. I don't know if they're reputable, but essentially what a solvent trap is is legally, you put it, you screw it into the end of the barrel of your gun so you can pour a solvent, a gun cleaner, down the barrel and it can collect it as it spits out the, the end of the barrel. What people use these for is to make suppressors and it's legal to do. You can get, you can buy a solvent trap, use it as a solvent trap and wake up one day and say, hey, I think I want to make this into a suppressor. You file the paperwork with the ATF, the paperwork to build your own suppressor and then you use a solvent trap to do it. So until you've built a suppressor, it is legal to own a solvent trap as long as you're not using it as a suppressor. Well, here is a clip of an ATF agent showing up to a solvent trap owner's home demanding that he hand it over. Hey, sir, are you good? Hey, what's going on, man? How's it going? Hey, with the ATF. Okay. I'm here about a solvent trap that you ordered. Okay. Do you still have it? 
I'm not going to answer any questions. Okay. Um, well, we're actually here to recover because they're being used as suppressors. You have a warrant? I don't have a warrant. If you let me finish, I can talk to you. Okay. Yep. They're being used as suppressors. Now, we're just here to pick them up. If you don't have it, you can sign that you don't have it anymore. I'm not going to sign anything. Okay, don't sign anything. So what will happen is if you're caught with it, we'll prosecute you federally. Sure. For an NFA item. Okay. Sure. Um, you're obviously going to be on the radar now. I appreciate all the cooperation. We just came to pick it up and have it destroyed. Um, but since you're being such a polite person, I mean, we'll leave it at that. That we, we know what you're using it for, correct? I mean, you bought a no, jig with it for your AR-15. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. So this isn't the first want, time we've done this. You want to come back with a warrant? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do that. Okay. Ask your hand out your for me, please. I'm sorry. Take your hand out your pocket for me. You're on my property. I can put my hands where I want. Them. All right, we're law enforcement. We're talking to you in an official capacity. So you're on my property. Your pocket, so. All right. We're not trying to be, be jerks here. You are. No. You're, 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 we're not. You're we're, not. Yeah, we're here the ATF. Come we're on. idiots? No. Well, no, I didn't say that. Oh. I said that? you're the ATF. Correct. All, your entire job is to take away people's guns. I don't think you have any idea what our job I is. I know actually. everything about your job. Oh, All please it is, tell is to me. erode the, the Second Amendment okay. shall not be infringed. So violent uh, criminals with guns that we take off the street. That's, oh, like oh. Yeah, Waco? Like oh. at Ruby Ridge? Oh, my gosh. My Bro, dogs? You need to quit. Yeah, I need to keep my dogs you in the house. You need to quit reading yeah, so many books. Break. I, yeah, it's, it's You're watching books. too many shows. Yeah, that's many it. Books. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll find you again someday. No, you will um, yeah. Anyway, have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate too. the cooperation. Take it easy. Yes, sir. So that's exactly how you should do it. The ATF agent's lying to him. If he, if he owns a solvent trap, as long as he hasn't used it as a suppressor or turned it into a suppressor... He has the right, and ATF's guidance say, say, says that he can file the proper forms with the ATF. I, I forget if it's a Form 1. Uh, he filed the proper forms to turn that little cylindrical object, turn that solvent trap into a suppressor. You have to have a background check. You pay the $200 tax stamp, right? You have to register it. But he's allowed to do that. So unless they can prove that he intends to do it illegally, right? Or unless they can prove that he did not make a, he did not intend to use it as designed. This is just, they're just trying to steal his property. The ATF, there's no law that's been passed. Just trying to steal this man's property that he legally purchased. That he legally purchased. And how does the ATF get this information? Well, they put pressure on gun stores. Get, put pressure on manufacturers saying, hey, what you're doing is illegal. Even though it's not, these gun stores then have to figure out, well, well do we fight this or we just cave in? ATF says, hey, well, listen, we promise not to prosecute you if you just agree to stop selling it and turn over your records to us. That's what the ATF wants. So when this agent was saying, hey, we know you bought it with a jig, that's because they probably pressured one of these online retailers into handing over their client list. And now they're going client to client to client, looking exactly what they purchased, trying to seize them. Even though the item itself is legal. And if he wanted to, as long as he's in a state that allows suppressors, he could turn it into a suppressor by filing the proper forms with the ATF, doing the background check and paying the tax. But no, that's what Joe Biden wants. You notice that you never see videos like this of ATF agents doing the A 
or the T part of their duties, right? You ever see them knocking on doors and say, hey, you, uh, you bought illegal cigarettes, hand them over. Right? Or, hey, you're, you're moonshine, hand it over. It's always, the, it's always the F, the firearms. Huh. I don't think that Joe Biden hiring ATF agents, I don't think they're going to be going after alcohol or tobacco. But that's just me. That's just me. And then Joe Biden says he wants civilians to be treated like servicemen in deciding whether or not they can have a gun. Let's listen to this. We equip, we equip our service members with the most lethal weapons on earth to protect all of us, protect Americans. But we require them to receive significant training, extensive background checks, mental health assessments. They have to learn how to lock up and store their weapons responsibly or they get kicked out. But we let any stranger, an 18-year-old, walk in, a 20-year-old, and buy an AR-15. So that's not true. We don't let just anyone. He's just, he's lying. He's lying. If you walk into a gun store and you're 18 years old, you are a legal adult, and you want to buy a gun, you undergo a background check through that gun store. What he is complaining about is that people have passed background checks and gone on to do terrible things. It's heinous. Absolutely disgusting. But the solution isn't more background checks because a background check is only as successful as the background that is being checked. If someone has never committed a crime, if someone has never been adjudicated mentally defective, nothing can show up on the background check. This is an unfortunate danger of living in a free society. What Joe Biden's trying to do is treat us all like criminals because we all have the potential to become criminals. So even if you pass that background check, you could snap at any moment. The background check's not good enough. He wants extensive training. Extensive training. That's interesting. In this country, we have had court cases about applying training and tests to different constitutional rights. The most famous of those cases involved literacy tests in the South after the Civil War. Literacy test did not prove, did not test your literacy. It was basically a, a long test of arbitrary questions about the county, about the state, that only applied to people who were not registered to vote before the Civil War, or did were not children of people who were registered to vote. They wrote these laws, basically black people, freed slaves. Unless your parents were registered to vote or you were registered to vote before the Civil War, you had to take a literacy test to register to vote. And they would ask stupid things like, can you name every single county judge in the county, first name, middle name, and last name? Well, if you, if you get the middle name wrong, or if you forget that this guy's a junior instead of a senior, then they fail you. Well, see, these kinds of tests have been ruled unconstitutional because if you have a right to do something, the government cannot force you to pass a test to do it. I like training. I support training. If, if you're going to own a gun, you should get trained in how to operate it safely, how to assemble it, disassemble it, and how to use it to defend yourself or others. Absolutely. What I do not recommend is that people get that training and use another person's gun for that training. Right? It, it, it makes no sense to learn how to disassemble, assemble, or use a different firearm than the one you want. Right? So... But he, that's what he wants. He wants you to have to jump through all of these hoops just to get the right to own 
Again, psychological tests. This is something that the Democrats have proposed time and time again. The latest bill that they've, they've put forward would allow any former spouse or ex of yours to basically red flag you. Then you have to go in front of a psychiatrist and that psychiatrist would apply a test that is unknown that some bureaucrat would come up with. And that psychiatrist would decide whether or not you can own a gun based solely on <laughs> red flag kind of stuff. No, it's insanity. It's insanity. It is insanity. And here's the thing, though. When you are, when you sign up for the military, when you are drafted into the military, they just put a gun in your hand, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure, there's elements of background checks to make sure that violent felons aren't in there. But they're not giving every single person through a, a really in-depth psychological profile. And they're not turning people away. On very rare occasions will they turn someone away for some kind of medical problem or psychological problem. But there's a lot of people in the military who are handed a gun who have no idea what to do with it. And God forbid there's ever a war. And there's actually a draft. There's conscription. They're going to hand all of us guns. But no, Joe Biden wants to lie some more. One of his worst lies that he's been allowed to he's been allowed to continue telling is that police officers were killed on January 6th before he said it was one police officer here this week in Pennsylvania Joe Biden made the claim that these brave right-wingers that he's denigrating so much he's accusing brave right-wingers of killing multiple police officers on January 6th 2021 something that did not happen. Imagine, Joe, if you turned on the television in Washington, D.C., and saw a mob of a thousand people storming down the hallways of the parliament, breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election, and killing several police officers in the meantime. Imagine. Imagine what you'd think. Imagine, because that didn't happen. The only place that that happened is in your imagination. Multiple police officers were not killed. Also, it's not Parliament. It's Capitol Hill, the Capitol building. I, I don't. Maybe he's got Europe on his mind. I don't know. But that didn't happen. But you see, he says, imagine. Imagine how you'd feel if it happened. Didn't happen, but imagine how angry you'd be if it did. That's Joe Biden's argument. That's Joe Biden's argument behind coming for the Second Amendment. And it's not just me saying that. Use the left source, PolitiFact, the one police officer who was basically, they made the claim he was killed. They claimed he was hit over the head and murdered with a fire extinguisher. A terrible thing if it happened, but it didn't. The autopsy concluded that Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. Albeit right afterwards, it's, it's possible that the stress of that day contributed to it. But he was not bludgeoned over the head with a fire extinguisher. He was not murdered. No other police officers were killed. Lots of police officers killed them. A few police officers killed themselves in the weeks and months after. But they were not killed by conservatives. Storming the parliament did not happen. But that's Joe Biden. Imagine. Imagine how you feel if it did happen. Imagine how you feel. Well, you'd want to pass this legislation that wouldn't have stopped it. 
But this is new push. As I said at the start, for some reason, Joe Biden has been convinced to touch the third rail of American politics and come for everyone's guns, that that's what's going to save him from terrible polling, including in the Democrat Party, where 75% of Democrats don't want him to re run for re-election. Talked about a lot of issues today on this podcast. Going to remind everyone, been a while, but I do have a book available, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Links are in the description. I go through much of what I talked about here at length. It's a very long book, lots of sources, lots of citations, giving you all the tools you need to argue and win arguments with your friends, family members, and trolls on the internet. So pick that up if you haven't already. A uh, couple of things, got to let everyone know. I am going to be writing more for The Federalist now. Um, I have a piece that should be coming out this week on Joe Biden's <laughs> ghost gun ban and how it only lasted one minute and how the firearms industry in less than a minute figured out how to get around it. That's going to be coming out at The Federalist, so make sure you, you stay tuned for that. I'll be posting those articles on my Telegram Um also, so that that issue is about things like this. This was a Polymer 80 handgun that I bought when it was not a handgun, and I spent an afternoon and an evening building it. Joe Biden banned them. He, he claims to have banned them, but you can still do it. You can still get the parts. <laughs> the ban lasted a minute. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be over at The Federalist, and I will be writing more over there now. I wrote, I wrote over there every now and then when I was with Conservative Daily um, because obviously my main job was to write for Conservative Daily. But now that I am not, I'm going to be putting more and more pieces over there, not just on gun rights, but on many issues. So stay tuned for that. And I'll make sure that I post those links on my Telegram and other social channels for you to get. That's it. I, th I think we've done most of the housekeeping. Um, again, I I'm sorry that I went away for a couple weeks. Um, I really am. I know that lots of people got used to watching this every day. Um, I am going to start doing these more and more, probably not every day, probably periodically as things happen in the news, but I promise that I will let you know when they're going to be episodes. So if you haven't already, follow me on Telegram, Max McGuire on Telegram. I think it's Max J. McGuire on Telegram, and that's probably where the easiest place. Or subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on Rumble, hit the little subscribe button, and get a notification there as well. And if you haven't already, do subscribe to the audio edition of the podcast. That's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and audible all those links are in the description as well that's going to be it for this edition of the max mcguire show my name is max mcguire remember everyone the fight to take back our country has it's not over yet but the only way we win is if we all snap and fight together 